Project. Welcome to the Refuge Project. The Refuge Project is a place that we can have meaningful conversation in a safe place. We are your hosts. I am Pastor David. We have James here today. Hey, hey. Just us two riding uh, dolls for life. <laughs> I saw you say riding solo, but yeah, it doesn't uh, quite make sense. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, man, how's it going? It's okay. I, uh, I don't know if I told you on Sunday, uh, I threw out my back again like Uh-oh. an old man yeah. on think friday all the old jokes catching up to you. <laughs> i guess so it's like every uh like every year and a half or so i'll just i'll move a little bit wrong the wrong way you know and just something will snap and then i'll i won't be able to walk for like a couple days and it'll take me like a week or so before i'm like good to go again so this is day like five or so so i'm moving around i'm all right but it's still like really tight and feels weird yeah. and i gotta be like Really careful. Yeah, I've been, upper, I've been upper or lower? Lower. Man. Oh, okay. Got to keep them hamstrings loose. That, for yeah, yeah. Backs. Them glutes, I learned, glutes is like a big deal yes. years ago. But, uh, yeah, it's just, uh, what you know what it is, dude? I, because uh, I, back when I was like, uh, like 19 or something like that, when I first started working at the second Chick-fil-A I worked at, and I was unloading their supply truck in the mornings, I would never wear a back brace. I didn't know nothing about safety yeah back i was just the stupid young guy you know just so tossing chicken everywhere yeah just big old boxes of frozen chicken and all that so i did that for years and just lifted things wrong all the time um and then i was also i would kind of exercise at that point in my life but i was definitely the guy i wasn't the guy who like always skipped leg day but i was definitely not focusing on my legs near as much as i should have mm-hmm. and uh i later learned that's like really important for your uh, all your lumbar stuff, mm-hmm. all your bending over and all, because that's where you get all your support in yep. that area. Uh, it's like your glutes and all that. Glutes, hammies, and, and then your uh, and your stomach. And your, yeah, and your abs and yep. all that too. So uh, anyway, it was just like in all, my entire childhood was just like running and jumping. Uh, yeah. So that wasn't so good on like my knees and lower back and stuff. And uh, anyway, so at some point in my early twenties, I. I just, my back would always kind of bother me. And then at some point, I don't remember what I did, but it something snapped again. And that was the first time I was like, oh, my back is messed up. Cause I was like, I couldn't walk for a couple of mm. days. And so I went to the chiropractor and, uh, it's funny cause the chiropractor is kind of a, a divisive subject. Some people are like, oh yeah, chiropractor is great. And then a lot of people are like, mm. they're not even real doctors. They're just, they're scamming you. And, uh, right, right. And, uh, my dad definitely lives on that side of it. Cause he would tell me, uh, I think, I think, uh, I think if you look at the history of a chiropractor, that that's the way it was. Yes. If you look at modern day chiropractically practice, whatever that word Words. is, um, I think they deal with more than just popping of yeah. the joints now. They, they deal with muscle and, well, my, and, and well, my thing was therapy like, type stuff. I was like, uh, you know, the story in the Bible with the blind guy, and they're like all questioning him, like, who was this guy that did that to you? Why did did he know it was the Sabbath and like all this stuff? And he's just like, look, guys, all I know is I was blind, but now I can see. <laughs> and that's like how I felt when uh, people would be like, you went to the chiropractor, well, you know the chiropractor. I was like, look, man, I don't, I don't. You're pro, you're right about all this. All I know is I couldn't walk, but I walked out of there. Right. So I went back. Yeah. Um. And so this chiropractor, this guy, he's like, uh, he knows my dad. He knows uh, my little brother. 
my little brother's friends with like one of his kids and anyway so he kind of knew who i was and all anyway and uh yeah he was like yeah anyway he you know realigned me or whatever and that time since it was extra bad he was like yeah come back a couple times a week for like a few weeks and you'll be good to go and uh and that was true and he said and towards the end of it he was like look i have a lot of people that come in every you know, every few months or so, and just kind of, I just call it getting a tune-up. Get a tune-up. You know? And he said, you might consider doing that. And I said, okay. But then I never did. And so at some point a few years after that, you know, something snapped again. I went back and got it fixed. And then, uh, anyway, it's happened. this is like the third or fourth time that it's happened. But I haven't been, you know, getting a tune-up. Yep. So I feel like Tune-ups I, are important. I feel like if I just uh, went, you know, a couple times a year, yeah. made sure I stayed on top of stretching and all that kind of stuff, because that seems to also make a big difference, too. Yeah. I was also, uh, in my early 20s and childhood, I was never stretching anything. At some point, I finally took it seriously, and I was like, oh, this makes a whole world of a difference. Oh, yeah. I used to have one of them invert, inversion tables. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, man, those are good. So they just gave me headaches. That's the reason I didn't like doing a lot, because yeah. all the blood were flowing. I never really brain. tried one. A lot of people said Oh, man, amazing. they were great, man, especially when I was having a lot of back problems. Mm-hmm. Just hang upside down for ten or fifteen minutes a day and just yeah. decompress everything. Yeah, that's what they say, man. Worked well. This Sunday, uh, your sister was re- I mean, rededicating was dedicating her baby. Yep. And um, what's what's the little the little boy's name? The youngest one. Yeah, Josiah. Josiah. Yeah, that's right. It's Luke, Josiah, and then now it's Remy. Remy. Josiah running around on the stage. Yeah, oh man, I just <laughs> when I seen him, man, it's just like little Garrett, little Ben. Oh yeah, dude, you know. Do you it, see Luke as they're walking up the stairs? He's like waving yeah. to everybody. Like, oh yeah, like, like he was a prince uh-huh. or something. He's oh, like, yeah. hello, hear me. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like I was like this guy. <laughs> Right here. Oh, <laughs> uh, kids are great, yeah. man. Yeah, they're cool. Yeah, Josiah's cool. Uh, Hi, Ben. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. Every time, like months ago, for some reason, he was there in the morning before church started, and I was playing drums that day. And he was like, "Can I? Can I hang out and play the drums with you?" I was like, "Sure." So he would like hanging out in the drum cage, and I let him hit the drums a little bit, which is cool or whatever. But now. Every time he's here, he sees me. He's like, "Hey, do you think we could go play the drums?" Right. right? It could be. I'm like, uh, "Well, there's a service going on, and uh, <laughs> we can't do it right now." He's like, "Well, maybe when it's over, we could do it." I was like, "Well, you know, it's going to be Sunday school classes. I, you know, we'll do it again sometime." But and yeah. so it's so I always I'm always left to be like, "Yeah, well, we can't do it right now." Cause yeah, that's what uh, Ray Ann told uh, Sandra. She was just like. You know, she was telling, hey, look, we're about to go up on stage. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to do this for your sister. And he was just like, well, can I play some drums? <laughs> yeah, can I play the drums? And then she was, uh, I think Eric said, well, not right now, but maybe <laughs> later. Yeah. You know, well, he took it afterwards. Yeah, for sure. So when everything was over, everybody's leaving the stage. Well, he goes to the drum cage. Yeah. <laughs> and he was like, no, 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 no yeah. not, not, not now. <laughs> That's what it is, yeah. Yeah, so yeah. he's either going to be a drummer growing up or uh, or it'll just be one of those things where it's like he went through a phase as a kid. Yeah. You know, uh, I don't know. I think he'll probably end up playing drums. Yeah, with y'all's background. and I don't know what Luke will end up doing with because uh, he loves me. They they all love me. They're always dancing and yeah. stuff. Like, yeah. So they're fine. Uh-huh. They'll find their way. Uh-huh. Had a great service, man, Sunday. Yeah, lot, you lot did of, good, by the way. Yeah, you a did lot of great good feedback, preaching. man. Um, uh, just, you know, it's encouraging when you, when you, um, when you tr- really try to follow the Lord and something maybe that you're not really excited about doing, but then when you mm-hmm. do it, you get a lot of good feedback. I got feedback from people that 
I never thought would ever even have my number. Yeah. You know, so those Mm -hmm. things are exciting. And then um, Brother Richard called and said that he got to pray for multiple people to give their life to the Lord for the first time. So uh, that stuff was exciting to me. Yeah, for Uh, sure. Especially when it's like, like you said, you weren't really even excited about it or yeah. you know, weren't necessarily planning on preaching that. Yeah. And then you felt like you should, and then you, Here it goes. you, you're like, oh, okay, I yeah. get it. Yeah. I, I, okay, God, you know, yeah. I'll, I'll let you do your thing. <laughs> <laughs> I guess you were right. You know? Yeah, yeah. All right, well, let's jump right into Culture Corner. I got a story for you today. Europe's deadliest heat wave almost defies belief. It's the, it's the uh, article headline. So <laughs> I guess what's going on in Europe right now is they're having this heat wave that's uh, the temperature is getting up to 104 to 110 degrees Jeez. during the hottest part of the day. And uh, basically what it's saying is just like I know a lot of people in like our region is just like psh, 104, 105, 110. I wouldn't do No, that's hot. That's hot, that's right? Hot. It's hot for sure. But what makes this even – more crazy is only about 5% of Europe has AC. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking at the map behind you. Yeah. And I'm thinking, I'm trying to see, like, most of Europe is, I mean, I don't know how accurate that map is, but it's kind of in line with, like, Canada as far as, mm-hmm. like, how north it is. Right. Yeah, I mean, they're up there. They're When, you, when I think Europe or London, I think, like, uh, rainy, snowy, I, don't, I never think of it being that hot, you know? Right. And I guess there there has been one other time back in the early 2000s where more than 70,000 people died of heat, heat strokes and heat-related uh, heat related inju- injuries. Um, now, only 1,000 people so far. But they said this is just the beginning. Goodness. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you think of, like, AC going out in Houston, and it's it's literally, like, life or death for a lot of people. Yeah. Because... It's it's tough, man. When when the AC goes out of my vehicle, I'm just like, mm. I'll I'll run, you know, check light, check engine light will come on. Oh, no big deal, yeah, you know. Get to it. Get a, you got bald tire, no big nah, deal. AC goes up. out, pull right into yeah. the the, you know. You gotta do it. Yeah, gotta get that AC done. One of the worst times of my driving life was when I had to <sighs> uh, drive my little brother's uh, old Mitsubishi Eclipse oh, for a yeah, while, yeah. and the AC just didn't work for whatever reason. It would only blow super hot air, and uh, it had rough. it had all black leather interior. Ow. It was just like a little oven in there, yeah. and you know, in the middle of the summer, I had I had to bring like towels and like extra shirts and all. I would just <laughs> because I I would like drive it to college, and you just you know Sometimes you show you you're just soaking drenched. wet, and then uh. I, so I'd have to like change my shirt in the parking lot, and then I'd have to go to class and come back and then go to work afterwards. You get back in and you're just like sweating all the way to work, changing yeah. clothes again. Yeah, that was we've great. been uh, we've been looking at Teslas lately. Oh man, and uh, getting in. I, I think so, bro. <laughs> I think I'm. I think I'm getting in. Well, you know, we we've been talking about it, so we got on the waiting list. You know, almost a year ago or something. It's crazy, yeah. like yeah, it's so long. Um, but the it's like coming around. So now we have to really like dial in what we want mm-hmm. and all that stuff, and if we want it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it was just like the problem is you got two colors interior, black or white, and we got kids still. Yeah. So the white would look so clean. Oh, but the white is, I mean, it is, you know, nice. it's not going to stay white, though. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but then you have black, which, which would also look nice. Yeah. But it's like so hot. Mm-hmm. Right. 
Uh, but the good thing about the, you know, so we were doing some research about the Tesla is that you can have climate control when you're not in the vehicle. Ooh. So you can, like, set it to 80 or something like that. And, of course, it's going to bring the battery down a little bit, but uh-huh. uh, but you can get in and it's 80 and not 120 or whatever yeah. it is when you're, like, in a, a black-on-black yeah. vehicle or something like that. That's classy. Yeah. So I like that. I, I think we're we're leaning black. Um, just for the like mm-hmm. long term look of the vehicle, but they also had. I, I was looking last night. They have white covers, really nice. So mm-hmm. we so we rented one from like a, I think it's like Toro or something like that. One of those like Airbnb yeah. type uh, car thing. Upper like, cars, yeah. Yeah, and they had these white, really nice uh, leather uh, seat covers, mm-hmm. and uh, they were like specially fitted and all that. So they look like seats. Yeah. You're, gonna be those, like, you're gonna be those people that have like the plastic cover <laughs> no, 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 no. except for your Tesla. <laughs> they look like seats, but they're white instead yeah. of the black. Okay. So I thought, man, for a couple hundred bucks, you can get yeah. the white seats, and then it, that might be good. You know, and then you if they take get them wet, off and wash them, take them off and wash them, or when you get ready for resale, just pull them off, and you have mm-hmm. brand new black seats underneath them. That's so not a bad idea. That's a very David Hatley idea. Yeah. <laughs> it's just Noah's just so messy. Shout out to Noah, but <laughs> to God, messy Lee, boy. he is just so messy. When does that Cybertruck come out? I don't know. They was waiting for the uh, the Giga plant to open here in uh, uh-huh. in, in Austin, uh, in Austin, um, and they were going to start making it here. Uh, dude, I want a Cybertruck. Oh, that would be I'm, so dope. I was, <laughs> I was thinking about that. Though. I really want a Cybertruck. I was thinking about that, like how I could set my company apart from yeah. everybody else. Because you got the Cybertruck. You got to have Cybertrucks. It just, just looks amazing. Oh, and that just, would be awesome. Yeah. I, anyway, I'm probably, I, I'll, I'll wait till the uh, V2 comes out of it, yeah, the version 2. For sure. And uh, all that uh, bulletproof glass won't crack. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'll get that. and then uh, I think maybe I'll hop on board. By then, you know, I'll have uh, I'll have some money. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's the thing, man. And you know, I'm we're we're big no debt, you know, no debt uh, uh, family and stuff. And so I, I sent you know Sandra the the savings account. I'm like, hey, we did it, you yeah. know. So she's finally starting to convince her to uh-huh. go the Spend Tesla route. It, yeah. So um, we'll see, we'll see. But uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, I don't know how we got off. Uh, oh yeah, we got the air conditioner yeah. and stuff. But yeah, I mean, watch out, man. If it's hot out there, my, I don't see how my guys do it. It's, it's, it's like rough. blazing hot. You know, mm-hmm. I try to work in the mornings from like seven to twelve or one, and then come in, you know, from the rest of the day and do the office, you know, part of the, uh, mm-hmm. of the job. Just because it, man, it gets hot. And it's I, so hot. I'm getting old. Problem is when you don't get a break from it. Yeah, you know you can go out there and be really hot, and then go chill in the AC for a second, get some water. But right. if you're if the, if the AC is broken and all, and you're just just hot for days, that's rough. Well, yesterday, so yesterday, um, I, we got a phone call over the weekend, and this lady says, I think her name was Georgetta, Georgetta Reddick. It's not a real name. Um, so. Didn't know, and so she began to tell me about how her pool was a hundred and twenty thousand gallons. Yeah, dude, you're getting punked. Georgetta is not a real person. Okay. She doesn't have <laughs> just a wait, pool. Just wait, just wait. <laughs> so a hundred and twenty thousand gallons. So an average swimming pool, your grandfather's pools, seventeen twenty thousand gallons. Uh-huh. Hers is a hundred and twenty thousand <laughs> gallons. Okay, so, but I. The name Reddick was very familiar to me yeah. because there was an Astros player 
named Josh Reddick. Okay. And I was very familiar with his pool because it's Josh Reddick's pool pulls up under, you know, all these pool, pool magazines and stuff like nicest, you know, residential pool. It uh-huh, has the, yeah. you know, the lazy river and big so it's waterfalls. A, it's and, a pool. It's a pool. Uh-huh. It's not really a residential pool. No. It's a, it's a commercial pool in the backyard. In the backyard. <laughs> uh, yeah. Yes. And uh, so I was just like, is this? So I began to like do the research. Well, it's Josh Reddick's house. Astro, mm, Astro. So that's his wife. Yeah, that's his wife. The, I mean, I don't know where Georgetta comes from, but whatever. But we went over there yesterday, and we started the pool at like two o'clock. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh! By four o'clock, we I mean I was just I was over there drinking out of the side yeah. of the house from the spigot, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yeah, I was not prepared for that. No, it was hot. Yeah, how long did it take you? Two hours, huh. three of us, two hours. Mm-hmm. Yeah, average pool twenty minutes yeah. one person. Mm-hmm. The, sound, the math adds up. Yeah, the name doesn't. But yeah. Josh Reddick, I don't know if you're not familiar with uh, the Astros or anything, uh, but he would he would always the one to be like, "Whoa!" <laughs> he always had the Ric Flair. He's the uh, woo guy. Yeah, he's the woo guy. Uh, so he came out with no shirt on and like, and just was like, "Hey, woo!" That'd have been awesome. Y'all just out there like, "Hey, Josh, come on, do the woo, Josh." <laughs> because Adam just like, "I want to go with you. I want to go with you," you know, because I just want to just be cleaning his pool and like every 15 minutes go woo. <laughs> <laughs> He's just winking at you. But I told the guy, I, I told the wife, you know, she's the one doing all the business and stuff, and uh-huh. and I told her, I said, "Man, we're really not interested because we have so much work." For us to like have to put in two hours a week with three guys, yeah, um, it's just it's too much. It's too much because we could do however many pools yeah. in and out, taking you know? a loss, but yeah, you know, taking her business. But I mean, they pay good and they pay almost a thousand dollars a month, you know, yeah. to get their keep their pull up. Anyways, um, I don't put too much of his business out there. Yeah, um, but uh, so she was just like, "What do you think?" You know. About doing, I'm just like, eh. I said, my son, he's, you know, he's over there, you know, Kelby's out there like waist deep in the water because like his pole <laughs> doesn't reach to the other side of the pool, you know? <laughs> and uh, he's got I, a lake out there. <laughs> just, can you clean his lake for me real quick? <laughs> and I said, he said he wants to do it. I said, but let the, let the like whole Josh Reddick thing wear off. Yeah. You know, like we're doing a famous person's uh-huh. house and see if he still wants to do yeah. it. Yeah. Just give us a couple of weeks. And she was just like, okay, you know, if I need Josh to come out and sign bats every you know, <laughs> every few weeks to keep him motivated, yeah. just let me know. <laughs> oh, you should have said yes for sure. <laughs> I said, I don't know. He's a young kid. You know, between some sign bats and jerseys and some food, he might do it. Give him a few, a few woos here <laughs> yeah, and there. <laughs> He's out there sweating, wiping it off his forehead. Like, and the guy comes out. He's like, right, yes, sir. Yes, I can sir. do it. I can, I can do, do it. it. Just woo, woo. All right, what you got? <laughs> well, I got a Florida story. That's right. Where's my buttons? Florida. Anyway. It's been a while. I know. Come on, Florida. Come this in strong. Is, this is from like a month ago, too. Okay. So um, here's the headline. Florida teens just broke into an $8 million mansion, threw a wild party, and shared the whole thing on social media. Woo! Woo! (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so these guys, so it said there was like over 200 teenagers there. Okay. There's this this rich couple. They have this mansion down in Florida. They're only there like half the time. Yeah. It's like one of their places. Snowbirds. Yeah. And so these teens know that nobody's there. They decide they're going to have a party. 
and they just go bust in the mansion. All right. So they have, there's hundreds of teens in this mansion. Do it for the gram. Doing it for, just all taking videos, but, you know, obviously, you know, they shouldn't have broken through the house. Or yeah. But, like, they went extra far, where they're, like, trying on the ladies' jewelry <laughs> and stuff. They had a, uh, they had a boxing match in okay. the, uh, in the, like, foyer area, and they're, you know, they're all taking photos and taking videos, putting it up, and, uh. Anyway, so now they're like tracking everybody. Yeah, look at this picture. This guy, he's got all the rings. <laughs> it's, it's like, it's kind of, it's funny. Hey, let me show you my face <laughs> with all of her jewelry <laughs> yeah, on, just... so you can arrest me later. They're so stupid. <laughs> and it's funny when it's like a detached story. Uh, until but it's then your you, kid. yeah, or if you think like, yo, that was my house. Or, That's yeah. my wife's jewelry. So did so, they, anybody steal anything? Uh, they It doesn't say that they stole anything. Well, that's but they nice. just like broke a bunch of their stuff because uh, they're in there that's having as a, good a as rowdy. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but so the sheriff saw the, the sheriff. They keep like quoting the sheriff in this article. And he just sounds like the most typical like uh, like boomer guy who's like, these kids don't know with the internet and we're tracking you down. You're not getting well. There's up. there's this famous county in Florida where they have this uh, the sheriff that he's just like, I'm going to get you, <laughs> and you ain't going to do this in my county. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's probably that it's county. Probably the same guy. Yeah, but uh, yeah. So they're looking. They're tracking them all down, going through all their like Facebook posts and all the Snapchat stuff. And anyway, that's it. That's the whole story. Um, well, I, don't, I, mean, I don't think anybody actually got arrested for it. But again, this was like a month ago, so they might have by now. But the, the, the thing about it is, is like that'd have been awesome. Like throw a party in a big mansion, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but just like kids always take you that one yeah, step. Yeah, they too always far. go way too far. Instead of having like twenty kids there, they had two hundred. Yeah. This there's here's a quote from the guy. Uh, it says, "It's not funny. It's not fun. It's not cool." <laughs> just like. <laughs> that's that's that was like all of his quotes. I bet like, you, it's, I bet you, it's that guy because he's like famous on YouTube. Like they put all of his like uh, oh, his man. interviews and stuff up on YouTube. Uh-huh. Uh huh. Yeah. Here so, he's and then he's got uh he's talking about the uh if you were there you know someone's there was invited uh by someone who was there do yourself it's all caps do yourself a favor and let us know come clean and give us the information. Uh, and it's anyway, it's just him like, giving what county his, is that? Oh man. I don't know. Let me see if it says at the top, Florida teenager in watercolor, Florida. Oh, I don't think that's it. It doesn't say the county. Anyway, that's it, man. People are them kids in Florida. They're having parties. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think that, I don't think that's who I was, I was thinking about. But. I saw some of the, uh, the boxing match. It wasn't very good. <laughs> Amateurs. <laughs> Amateurs. These kids don't have enough training. <laughs> uh, uh, that's funny. That is funny. Watercolor Florida. Yeah. YouTube just brings up a bunch of watercolor videos. <laughs> <laughs> You're not wrong, YouTube, but uh this isn't that's what I was not what at. I was looking for. <laughs> the biggest mistakes beginners make in watercoloring. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we check that out real quick? <laughs> who who wants this? Never look, right and wrong. They both look the same. <laughs> <laughs> it's the same picture. It's the same picture. Oh, I think man. I see Jesus in one. Yeah, there you go. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. Um, unfortunately, I don't got a song for you today. Oh man. Yeah, I just remembered. I forgot to pull a song up. Oh well. Oh well. Hey, next week 
we're gonna have uh next week so next what what's today today's 19th so yeah yeah so next week's episode we're gonna have my brother on and uh we're gonna talk about some of our band stuff and i mean we'll talk about all sorts of stuff but next week next friday is our new uh our new singles coming out so we'll play that for you guys next week so you can get a little sneak peek of it before it comes out you got, really a, you got a video with it? Yeah, it's all, all right. coming out on Friday. You know, they say if you're like a marketing person, you know, you don't want to release it on the same day. Right. Or you keep the buzz going for a while or whatever. But I'm I'm saying whatever. Who cares? Let's just put it who, out there. Who do they, what do they know? What, it doesn't matter. We're just, <laughs> we're just going to do it. It's We're not Taylor Swift or whatever. Like, we're just putting it out for... A lot of... A lot of... Uh, a lot of... So we'll just talk about music in our music section instead of a song. Okay. Um, a lot of uh, people are not even doing whole albums anymore. They're just dropping yeah, it's like all singles. EPs or singles and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. Uh, so I'm still a fan of the album. Yeah. Um, there's a ton of there's tons of people out there that still are. But yeah. if you're talking about like the overall market in general and what are the kids doing these days? Yeah. For sure, they're all streaming singles. And it's just the whole thing. It's just like keeping the buzz going. Yeah. You know, dropping a yeah. So you put in a new single like every few months instead yeah. of going silent for a year or two and then right. coming out with an album where they only listen to like the top single off the song anyway. Uh, so that's the idea. But, yeah, uh, it's kind of almost, it's almost like uh, comedians. Like r- comedians, they do like every year, every two years, they do a special, mm-hmm. right? But if you go hear them at each club that they're doing, like they're introducing new jokes and working mm-hmm. on them and, and, you know, preparing to, to film that, that right. you know, that special or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's kind of like what the music industry is doing right now. They're still introducing yeah. one song at a time. And yeah. I think they would still be at the end of all of that, just like put it together as. Yeah. And a lot of people do that too. They'll yeah. release like, uh, I don't know, like four or five singles over the course of a year or so. And then a few months after that, they'll put out the whole album. Right. And so, but they'll have already released half the album yeah, yeah, before yeah. then, you know, which uh, I don't know. I'm not as into that, but it definitely uh, it's definitely effective. You know, can't argue with it. But personally, I'm a guy who likes to when I find out about some artist or band that I didn't know about. Uh, I'm the guy who like I want to go see the album that was on and then I yeah. want to listen to that album. Yeah. And, uh, I think I'm probably there too. Yeah, and there's plenty of people like that, but for sure, if you're talking about overall younger people, they're they're just pulling up like they don't even listen, they don't even pick the music they listen to. They find a couple songs that they like, and then they go pick a curated playlist on Spotify or wherever, and they just play similar style songs, and that's how they find new music. Which uh, you know, whatever, that's cool, I guess for them. But like, I mean, I th- that's cool, not but... me at all. <clears throat> I want to pick more... the exact song exactly yeah, when I want to hear. I'm a little it. bit more complicated than that because I don't want to listen to the same sounding music. That too, over yeah. And over I listen again. to so much different music where it's yeah. like, anyway. Can you imagine like liking like one mumble rap song? Yeah, and, and that's then put it in a podcast and you put it in your playlist, and mm-hmm. it's just all a bunch all of like, mumble rap. <laughs> Like, no, one song was cool, not, you know, three hours worth of it, mm-hmm. you know? Dude, and a lot of people, uh, you know, they're using, like, free subscriptions to stuff, so there's ads, like, every couple songs. Like, that's how Tara is with Spotify. She's got, like, a few playlists she likes, and, like, it's, you know, they play good songs, but then every, like, three songs, they we got to take a 40-second break for ads. And so sometimes we're in the car together, and she grabs the aux cord and is putting on music, 
And I'm just like, how do you listen to music like this? Like, I, I, it, it's crazy. To, it's so foreign to me to just like have ads played through stuff and to just not even pick your songs. So just pick one song and then just let some algorithm decide what you're going to listen to. Like, to me, it's such a foreign concept. I'm like, there's no way that they're going to pick the songs I want to listen to. And I listen to albums a lot. But where, you know, I think that's probably the average Joe. Yeah. No, it is. Like, I definitely understand that I'm not the average person as far as, like, the way I consume music. Um, but I also understand that I'm not the only one. There's plenty of other people out there that are similar to me. Right. That like bands, that like albums, you know. But I used to have this. I crazy. used to have this playlist called, it was like your recent, you know, most played. Uh-huh. Most played, and they just, uh, iTunes will put it together for you, all your yeah. most played. Well, when I was, like, in... Uh, had an office job where I'm sitting there. I, you know, you pick your music, and it would, and then it played this, it curated this really good playlist because mm-hmm. it was, was most played. And uh, but now that I'm like always busy and just listening to music while I'm working, it's just like randomly picking music. Now yeah. my recently uh, most played is just garbage. I'm just yeah. like, that's just I don't even like that song. <laughs> but it's just like you know, just playing in my ear while I'm working, and it's just going so to the next on, song. Yeah. You know, so. Yeah, that kind of sucks. <laughs> you have to actually go in and build your own playlist. But now. it's so much better, though, once you do it. It like, is. I don't know. It is. And then, you know, have like, you know, like upbeat stuff and mm-hmm. just, you know, slow stuff. And I'm also, I, I can't really get into playlists in general. Really? I'm usually like, like I know, okay, I've got 25 minutes in the car to get to this place. I feel X mood right now. This would be a great album for that. And if yeah. I start on song three... I'll skip the intro that I that doesn't match the mood I'm in, and by I'll I'll have time to listen to song three, four, five, six I don't like seven's a great one. By the time I get there, I'll end on song eight, and that'll be like that's how I think, which is ridiculous. <laughs> I, <laughs> but like it doesn't that doesn't work for playlist stuff. For me, it's like I know, but I know I know the music that I like. So, like, I know this album would be perfect for this, or this little three-song EP would be perfect for this short little drive to the grocery store. So, what did you play on the way over here? On the way over here, I was listening to a podcast. Okay. Also, I keep listening to more and more podcasts, because a lot of times, uh, um, well, if it's, like, a funny one, you know, I, like, I, I, if I'm just in the mood to laugh, I'll throw that on. But uh, I keep listening. If I don't feel like music... I'll throw on a podcast. If you're just like, sometimes you're just out of it and you're just kind of tired and nothing really sounds good. Kind of like when you're hungry, but no, none of the mm-hmm. food sounds good. Sometimes I'll go to a podcast when I feel like that. Yeah, I listen to a lot of podcasts. A lot of podcasts. Yeah. Uh, Ruslan, uh, something we were talking about earlier, he's somebody I, that I've been listening to lately. Uh, I mean, I guess you would call it a podcast. It's not really a podcast podcast, but him just... You know, talking about different topics. The YouTube stuff. guy you were? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when I was youth pastor, he was a rapper. Oh, really? Yeah, and uh, he, him and his group, I guess you would say, record label more of a, I guess is the proper thing for it, they got real big into colleges. Okay. So they were doing these, like, small college festival type stuff, uh-huh. and they were, like, the only Christian group in the whole thing. Okay. Um, and they, they were kind of like you. They were Christians, that did rap music, um, but didn't really do a really Christian rap. They uh-huh. had some Christian songs, but yeah, yeah. Um, it was just really like, mm-hmm. you know, just uh, you know, positive type stuff. Yeah. And uh, so they did real good for a while. 
and he came through our church. You know, he, he the when he was on tour, they came through the church and they oh, did, really? the, did, did some cool. stuff here. So I'm I'm working to get him on. I don't know. He's kind of big league now. Yeah. yeah. So we'll see. But I'm I'm kind of getting him at a couple different angles. You know, mm-hmm. because we helped him out a little bit when um when he came through here, we found him a spot in Houston. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Stuff like that. Yeah, for so. sure. All right. Well, uh, we got a we got a. Uh, video we want to play it's jordan peterson a lot of people know who jordan peterson is um and this is the message to the christian church uh from jordan peterson jordan peterson's um a scholar doctor uh so he uh he was originally a uh professor at some university in canada i don't remember which one um and then he started filming his lectures uh for um, like psychology and stuff, he's a clinical psychologist. Clinical psychologist. So he does, you know, he'll, he did all the therapy sessions for years and years and years. Um, so he he would give his uh, he would record his lectures and put them up online on YouTube just because. And uh, they ended up like kind of people kept watching them. They started getting a lot more views and this and this and this. And um, next thing you know, he's like he was writing a book. Um, his book, uh, what is it called? Like Twelve Rules for Life or something like that. And uh, that was like the number one bestseller for a really long time. I think it's still up there too. And he wrote a sequel to it, Twelve More Rules for Life. And uh, anyway, he uh, eventually started like going on tours around the world, giving talks. Uh, he did a bunch of stuff with Sam Harris, if you're familiar with him. Um, and they would kind of debate um, just like theologies, especially religious stuff. Um, and some of those are really, really good. Yeah, really uh, interesting. Yeah. It's- Really interesting. I guess that's that's the better word for it. Yeah, but uh, and he's done all these. Uh, I think he mentions is in the video here. He's done a bunch of uh, lectures as well on um, Genesis and a lot of just biblical stuff. Um, so he'll take all these old Bible stories and like really pick them apart, and uh, they're also super informative as well. If you ever just wanted to nerd out about Bible stuff, yeah, I think what's interesting with him is that he really leans towards a, a liberal I think he's like liberally social but more conservative uh in his uh politics maybe I mean I guess um he's very he's really um I don't know he he'll, he'll he's interesting because like he the reason he really came up and was like on the scene is cuz there was this uh this thing that was trying to be passed called Bill C-16 in Canada on, I think it was specifically for the colleges around there, and it had something to do with um, forcing people to call um, trans transgender students by their preferred pr- pronouns. Right. And so, and he was like super opposed to the bill. Um, not because he's like super opposed to trans people or whatever but he was like this is telling this is compelling speech and the road that that goes down is not okay so he like was really against all that and that was kind of what threw him on the scene several years ago because you know all this all the trans stuff and all and he was like the guy that was speaking out against it kind of in quotes but he was really just speaking out against compelled speech and it happened to be about trans stuff and that was kind of what threw him on the scene um but anyway he recently got kicked off Twitter like a month or so ago because he did some, uh, he made some tweet about Pride Month and um, that person, what's, 
Ellen, the one, gosh, what's that person's name? They're a famous actor, actress. They transitioned from this girl to a guy. Some, Ellen, Ellen something to Elliot. Anyway, they're like some celebrity. He like mentioned something about that person. And anyway, they kicked him off Twitter now. And so that was like a month or so ago. And so now he's been just kind of, if you watch any of his stuff, he's been going like hard in the paint now. He's just like really, really against all, I don't know, he's, he, I just feels like he's saying exactly what he wants to say and he's just putting it out on YouTube and just doing, cause it just feels like they just kind of lit a fire in him yeah. when they kicked him off and he's like, I'm going to say exactly what I want, here it is. Yeah, I think he's li- uh, he's a little bit too left for Christians, but he's yeah. way too right for the left. Sure, yeah, yeah, you can say that. Yeah, so. All right, well, let's, let's listen to what he has to say. So about 10 minutes, and then, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about it, and then you guys can go uh, watch it again for yourself, take some time to listen to it, and then, you know, just talk, to, talk, talk about it uh, amongst your, your family and friends and uh, see what you think. Hi, all. It is, of course, completely presumptuous of me to dare to write and broadcast a video entitled Message to the Christian Churches, but I'm going to do it anyway because I have something to say and because that something needs to be said. I've been speaking to and watching and listening to audiences all over the Western world for the past four years, in person and in virtual form, and have learned a few things in consequence. It all started in some sense with the lectures I did on Genesis in 2017. My family and I took a risk and rented out a theater in Toronto on the off chance that there might be an audience for what might be described as a psychological approach to our ancient stories. And lo and behold, and miracle of miracles, there was. I completed 15 or so lectures walking through the first biblical book sold out the theater, and attracted, surprisingly, millions of viewers, Christians, Jews, Muslims, and atheists. And most of the people who attended live, and the majority of those who watched online, were young men. That is not a phenomenon that can be easily accounted for. But let me try. Now, in the West because of the weight of historical guilt that is upon us, a variant of the sense of original sin in a very real sense, and because of a very real attempt by those possessed by what might be described as unhelpful ideas to weaponize that guilt, our young people face a demoralization that is perhaps unparalleled. This is particularly true of young men, although anything that devastates young men will eventually do the same to young women. And that, in this era of antinatalism and equally reprehensible nihilism, is precisely the point. When they are children, boys are hectored for their toy preferences, which often include toy weapons such as guns, and their more boisterous playing style, as boys require active rough-and-tumble play, even more than girls, for whom it is also a necessity. When in grade school, boys are admonished, shamed, and controlled in a very similar manner by those who think that play is unnecessary, particularly if it's competitive, and who value a docile, harmless obedience above all. 
shades of Dolores Umbridge. Following all that, because that's not enough, even when pursued assiduously for total demoralization, is the inculcation of an extremely damaging ideology, which essentially consists of three accusations. Number one, human culture, particularly in the West, is best construed as an oppressive patriarchy, motivated by the desire, willingness, and ability to use power, defined as the compulsion of others against their will, to attain what are purely selfish and self-serving ends. This is true at every level of analysis. Marriage is akin to slavery, friendship to exploitation, political disagreement to war, and business arrangements to deception and theft. And this is true not only of the current social arrangements that characterize our culture, particularly in the West, but also the fundamental reality of history itself. Accusation number two. Human activity, particularly that undertaken in the West, is fundamentally a planet-despoiling enterprise. The human race is a threat to the ecological utopia that existed before us and that could hypothetically exist in our absence. We might well be construed even as a cancer that threatens the very viability of the complex systems that make up the ecosystem of the Earth that shelters and supports us. We are facing a Malthusian catastrophe of overpopulation and biosphere degradation. And we have to place extreme limits on our wants, even our needs, so that survival itself, even in a much reduced form, can be guaranteed. Accusation number three. The prime contributor both to the tyranny that makes up the oppressive patriarchy and structures all of our social interactions, past and present, and the unforgivable despoiling of our beloved Mother Earth is damnable male ambition, competitive and dominating, power-mad, selfish, exploitative, raping and pillaging. You might think that I'm overstating the case. Think again, sunshine. We in the West are facing an all-out assault at the deepest levels on what that old joker Jacques Derrida deemed the fell logocentric conceptual structure of civilization itself. To take that apart, that's a society centered on the encouraging, adventurous, masculine spirit, and that privileges that hated word of all things, the divine logos. And what should we worship and celebrate properly other than that, deconstructionists? The words of that mass murderer Karl Marx? And it is precisely those young men who are deeply conscientious, capable of guilt and regret, who have come to believe in pain that every deep impulse that moves them out into the world for the adventure of their life, even that impulse drawing them to women, is nothing but the manifestation of a spirit that is essentially satanic in nature. This is not only wrong theologically, morally, psychologically, practically, and scientifically, it is literally anti-true. It's not a mere misstatement about the nature of reality, a minor conceptual error, but something that literally could not be farther from the truth. And something that distant from the truth comes from a place 
that cannot be distinguished from hell. The Christian church is there to remind people, young men included, and perhaps even first and foremost, that they have a woman to find, a garden to walk in, a family to nurture, an ark to build, a land to conquer, a ladder to heaven to build, and the utter terrible catastrophe of life to face stalwartly in truth, devoted to love and without fear. Invite the young men back. Say literally to those young men, you are welcome here. If no one else wants what you have to offer, we do. We want to call you to the highest purpose of your life. We want your time and energy and effort and your will and your goodwill. We want to work with you to make things better, to produce life more abundant for you and for your wife and children and for your community and your country and the world. And we have our problems in the Christian church. We are more abundant, sometimes far too often corrupt and sometimes deeply so. We are outdated, as are all institutions with their roots in the dead, but still often wise past. So join us. We'll help fix you up, and you can help fix us up. And together, we'll aim up. And here's a message to those young men skeptical about such things. What else do you have? You can abandon the churches in your cynicism and disbelief. You can say to yourself, narcissistically and solipsistically, the church does not express what I believe properly. Who cares what you believe? Why is this about you? Do you even want it to be about you? What if it was about others? What if it was about your duty to the past and to the broader community that surrounds you in the present? What if it was incumbent upon you and vital to your health and willingness even to live to rescue your dead father from the belly of the beast where he has always resided and to restore him to life? Once again, to the churches, Protestant, you're the worst at the moment. Catholic, Orthodox, invite young men, put up a billboard, say, Young men are welcome here. Print some flyers and put them in a box by the billboard. Signal the existence of those flyers with an arrow with the words, more information about attending here. Tell those who have never been in a church exactly what to do, how to dress, when to show up, who to contact, and most importantly, what they can do. Ask more not less of those you are inviting. Ask more of them than anyone ever has. Remind them who they are in the deepest sense and help them become that. Your churches, for God's sake, quit fighting for social justice. Quit saving the bloody planet. Attend to some souls. That's what you're supposed to do. That's your holy duty. Do it now before it's too late. And the hour is nigh.
Interesting. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. So um, that is uh, Jordan Peter Peterson uncensored now on the Daily Wire. Um, don't want, definitely want to give them their their props for putting that on. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't want to just like rip it off of them and then not give them <laughs> yeah proper respect for it. Um, okay. Uh, so that was a lot of stuff right in your face. Mm-hmm. So he wasn't really pulling any punches. That's what I'm saying. He's I, just saying it. Now. I, um, so how do I feel about that? I, just to be fair, uh, that's the first time I've seen it. Mm-hmm. So it was my a, second time. That was a, a lot to just take in. Um, the human culture, number one, the human culture, um, Basically, he was talking about if I if I got it right, he was talking about in relationships in the in the human culture, uh, it's more about what we can get out of the relationship than actually having a relationship. Mm-hmm. Um, just us, like, um, and being selfish. I mean, and, the, and it is what it is, right? We are yeah. a selfish human culture, um, and the human race, male is bad. And uh, our men are bad, and especially white men are yeah. bad at, at at this time. Um, I understand where he's. I, I understand where like the thought process. I don't, and I, he's not saying he's not saying. Yeah, no, man he's is saying bad. this is the narrative that's been. Yeah, this being. is the narrative. Um, and I see it, man. I, I see where the culture is saying that. I see um, where in in a time where. From the fifties, uh, where men were very dominant in the home, in the fifties, where it was still where the men uh, ruled their house with the with the sometimes an iron fist, mm-hmm. and they were in charge of checking their wives. Mm-hmm. Without a you know a better way to say that, um, they were you know supposed to keep their wife in line, almost like another child, you know. Yeah. Uh, so you got 50 years, so we're, what, about, what, 70 years outside of that? Um, and here we are in the 2020s, and uh, so, I mean, it's not a lot of time, it's not a lot of time to really change culture yeah. that, that drastic. And then on top of that, you take uh, male and female, and then everything that you see now where they're trying to make make male and female the same. Yeah. Um, and I think as people, as humans, we are the same. Yeah. We're equal as uh, humans, as people, as souls, as spirits. Um, but as gender, we're different. Yeah. You know, it's biologically, you can look at us and you can tell there's a difference. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's, you see a man with a full beard and you like, that looks cool. James, you got a nice right. beard. Right, right. If yeah. my chick had that same beard. You'd I'm, love her even more. <laughs> I mean, it would just be like, come on, babe, we got to figure out <laughs> figure out what we're doing here. You know, we're different. <laughs> yeah. You're different. There's some imbalances and some hormones that yeah, we need to so. take care of. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? Um, so uh, we're different. Yeah. We, we looked at, we, we just looked at the... Um, the was it the Olympics where we had the, the 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 guy that was trying to be a lady, and he dominated the swimming, mm-hmm. right? And that was kind of an eye opener 
even to a lot of the people on the left saying, whoa, 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 whoa. Everybody else is 5'7", five, 5'8", five, and here comes this six foot six dude, and uh-huh. he's just killing everybody else. Yeah. Um, there is a difference, and we were made to do different things. Um, so I think that it's important that we looked at we look at history and we improve on history, but we have to understand history uh, and, and kind of foundational type things. Um, well, so what did you uh, did you agree overall with what he was saying? Did you disagree? Overall, okay. So overall, I agree with most of it, right? Yeah. Um, the last part of it, I was uh, I kind of I need to go watch it again because the last part of it, I was a little bit confused because I didn't know if he was telling what he believed or he was saying that from a Christian's point of view. What did um, you get out of I it? I think he was saying it from like what he believes. What he believes. What he believes that Christians should do or he believes that what that's what he believes. Um, I think he was saying like he believes that the church is here for this and this and this. And, uh, and he was saying like, hey, church, you should get back to doing that. Yeah. Um, instead of trying to be woke or like, all this other stuff that he was listing out. Yeah, and, and so most of that I believe, you know, he was just really talking about, you know, loving people. We have to love God, mm-hmm. and we have to love our neighbor. And then he was he was talking about scriptures that we have, the first will be uh, last, and last will be first, mm-hmm. you know. Um, and I think that's something that we have to get back at. We, we as, um, as the church... We do, um, especially when you talk about the church and we're talking about, you know, the Catholic, all the different, you know, religions, um, sometimes it is a recruiting process and we're like, okay, what can you give us out of this? Mm -hmm. Instead of, hey, man, let's be part of the team and let's do this together. Uh, It's more of a one-sided deal. Um, and I think that we have to be very careful of, you know, it's not what what can you do for you? What can, what, what can we do for our country? You know, type deal. Mm-hmm. Um, we have to do this together. We have to understand that we're not out there recruiting young men. And, and why I say that? Why do you think it was targeted to young men? Well, if you've uh, if you've watched or listened to any of his other stuff, um, a lot of it does relate specifically to young men um mostly because that's a that's a big that's like the majority of his audience okay um and then there i've i've seen stuff where he kind of addresses that and tries to because a lot of like um uh, what's the word like critics of him they'll frame him as some kind of like sexist something or another with all these men i've seen some of those debates yeah yeah and that all comes from like he'll debate like the gender pay gap theory and he'll be like, well, that's not true because of this. And, da, 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 da. Right. and so then it'll, it'll be that kind of stuff. stuff too. It'll be that kind of stuff. Um, so that's just kind of where he's coming from right now. He's really trying to, yeah. So he's always been kind of in the young man space. Yeah. And, um, according to his diagnosis of a lot of the issues in the West is he's saying a lot of these issues come from the, uh, like, uh, what's the word, man? 
that where he's he's saying that most people are like attacking young men basically and everything and a lot of the just the normal things that make you a man are being attacked and he's right. saying that's having a bunch of negative effects on society well, i think I, I think he's right i think the uh the the man is being attacked and then not only that but i think the the lack of uh male leadership uh-huh. in households um in the 90s and 2000s have really um, put us back a little ways, understanding what a man, and I talked a little bit about it in my message yesterday. When when we're 20, we don't know what it looks like to be 30, and we need somebody in our life. When we're 30, mm-hmm. we don't know what it looks like to be 40. We need right. somebody in our life to show us what the next step looks like, and when we don't have that, we're coming from a place of ignorance, and so we're more likely to make bad decisions mm-hmm. out of ignorance, not because we want to make bad decisions, but because we're... You don't know. We don't know. Yeah. We're, we're a teenager trying to make decisions going into our 20s, and, and there's a huge gap like uh, from being in high school, being a senior, you still have all of the resources of, say, you know, just say your parents make together, they make $80,000 a year. There's $40,000 each coming in. And so you have resources of eighty thousand dollars, right? And then you decided, hey, I'm gonna I'm gonna go to college. I'm gonna try to do this on my own. Mm-hmm. Right, right at eighty thousand dollars a year. Your parents make too much money to give get financial help for you to go mm-hmm. to college, and not they don't make to really pay for it not, though. Right. So now you're stepping out. You're gonna try to make a part time job, pay for your own college. You're some, describing my life. Yeah, right? getting some grants and stuff like. So you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. So now you no longer have the access of eighty thousand dollars, and you're trying to do it on your own, and you're not living on the umbrella of your parents, and now you tend to make some bad mistakes and not have, be financially. Uh, stable, don't really have a lot of financial experience, mm-hmm. uh, and you get out there and you get, you know, you, sp- you spend all your money and end up getting a girl pregnant, and then you come into this cycle of craziness because you don't have mm-hmm. some of that structure that you have when you got home. And so I think the point he's there. trying to make is, uh, like you said, uh, you need the example of how it is to be tw- in your 20s when you're in your teens and so on and so forth. And um, I think the point he's trying to make is a lot of that you're supposed to learn through the church, or the yeah. church is generally supposed to be teaching you how to do that emotionally, spiritually, and all that. Yeah. And he's saying, you know, it's not doing it. It's One of the things I wrote down <clears throat> that I thought stuck out to me was uh, when he was talking about ask more from the people that are that you're trying to get to come to your church, um, which I think was, was really interesting because I feel like— I don't know if I'll say most, but a lot of churches these days, they're like trying to cater to um, people that they're trying to get to come to the church. So they're ba- basically changing up the way their services go, some of the things they believe, their stance on stuff, trying to cater to these unbelievers that they're trying to get into their church. And he was saying, like, ask more of these people, um, which is really interesting to me because. Uh, yeah, I think people, uh, especially men, want to be a part of something. They want to be a part yeah. of leadership. They want to be a part of, you know, uh, 20 years ago, uh, membership. In, like So there's a movement going on right now that a lot of churches, especially newer churches that are launching more successful churches, are no longer having a, a role or a membership mm-hmm. uh, because 
20, 30 years ago, it was important to say I was a member at the local Baptist church yeah. or I am on the board at the local mm-hmm. you know, Church of Christ. That was something that meant something in the community, mm-hmm. right? And then, but I think that that it's deeper. It's it's, uh, it's almost tribal. Like for men, they want to be a part of something. They want to be a part of a leadership and, and move something forward. And I think that's why you see a lot of uh, like... Uh, Movements like the Black Lives Matter movement, because you have a a lot of inner city people that haven't able to be a part of something bigger than themselves, have something, a banner that they can stand behind and push forward. Mm -hmm. Um, Not just the Black Lives Matter movement, but that was just one of them. But anything like that, that that men can stand behind and push forward. And put uh, you know carry some of that weight, yeah. which is a perfect opportunity. Church is the perfect opportunity for that, you know. Yeah. Um, and so. when he says like you know ask more of uh, the people, I I feel like in society these days, and probably true in a lot of the church too, we're not um, challenging people, trying to get them to be better at stuff. Where there's a lot more of trying to tell people it's okay for you to be the way you are yeah. because of this and that. Because you know you grew up like this because you're this gender, you're this race. That's why it's you know, you've got the cards stacked against you, and it's okay. You've got the—that's just how it is for you. Yeah. Instead of being like, hey, you should do better because of X, Y, and Z. And I think, you know, he's trying to make the point that that's what the church was supposed to be for people. And when you say, uh, when he says, like, you know, ask more people, uh, like, if I'm a young man, if you—I want you to tell me that I'm not doing right, you know? If mm. I'm—if you have a good point and you're—it's true. Right. Like, I want you to correct me. Uh, I don't want you to correct me if you're just— you're obviously wrong and you're, you know, whatever. But like, if you've got a point and I'm doing something wrong and you tell me, like, I'm happy about that. Yeah. So Pastor Ron was teaching a class um, before COVID and it was just these young guys that wanted to be ministers, Yeah. you know, and they feel like they had a calling in their life. And he asked me to come in and teach it, uh, just teach, you know, whatever I thought was, uh, meant something in, in, in my ministry coming up that people fed into me. And, and one thing that I was teaching them is like, if if we correct you today, that's because we want you to be here tomorrow. Yeah, we're trying to invest some of our time in your life. If we stop correcting you, that means we're already done with you. Like, yeah. okay, he, he's not getting it. <clears throat> Move mm-hmm. on. And I think that's sometimes missed um, because we get so busy. We just let them do their thing. Uh, Pastor Anufor and I were talking uh, last week about the same thing that like. People want to do stuff, mm-hmm. but not everybody's self-motivators. It's true. Uh, a lot of people will do whatever you ask them to do, mm-hmm. and, and they'll do it happily. But until you ask them, they're going to stand on the sidelines and have their feelings hurt because nobody's asking them to do. People like me, you don't have to ask me. If I see something, we're going to go and we're going to get to do it, whatever. I'll get other people involved. But not everybody's like that. Yeah. Some people need to be asked. Some people can't see the greater vision, and that's why it's like you know, like kind of what he's saying. There's got to be uh, overall vision coming from the top and pushing down. That way, everybody can uh, get behind it and, and push it forward. Just kind of what we were talking about before. Interesting thing that you brought this video. I had another video that uh, that we were kind of going back and forth on that I've watched that you didn't watch, but mm-hmm. we decided to go with the Justin Peterson. This was a uh, a pastor that has been part of um, large churches his whole life, and he was really kind of an innovator of the youth ministry. So he started this larger church. His church was doing 
one, I think they eventually moved into two services, Mm -hmm. uh, main services on Sunday. He was having to do three youth services. (laughs) Wow. Where was this at? Did you say where? He never said. Mm. He just said large churches. It almost felt like Sandra and I were guessing Hillsong. Okay. It was just it just really had a, a hill song feel to it, and some of the things that he said, and, it, and different things like that. But I don't. He wasn't. He was trying to move away from that style of ministry, so I don't think he was just trying to like crap on hill songs. So he yeah, did, yeah. he didn't want to say it uh, because he wasn't trying to do that. Um, but he was saying the same thing. He was saying that like as churches that we were so involved of having programs that we're we want to build programs more than we're building the person. And I see that, I see that in churches and we don't do it. And like he said, he said, when I was doing it, I wanted to do everything the best. We're going to have the best sound. We're going to have the yeah, best yeah. lights. We're going to have the best band. We're going to have the best preaching. We're going to have the, the best guest speakers. Whatever sure. it is, we're going to do the best. Sure. And, but out of that, um, it came to where like a lot of the things, instead of the focus being on the people, the focus became being the best, Yeah, you know? Um, and I see that kind of that's kind of where he's talking about that we we're losing, we're losing focus on what's the most important thing. Yeah. And as church, the most important thing have to be the people. Even if you want to give them the best programs, we can't fit, forget a, about why we're building the program because I think program is is important. Mm-hmm. We have to have programs. We have to have discipleship programs. We have to have Sunday school. We have to have. Um, stuff for the kids. We have for the youth, for the young adult. We have to have those programs, men's and women's. Church can't exist without the programs. Mm-hmm. Um, but the most important part, it has to be the people. Yeah, you know. Um, yeah, something I like from the video, just uh, I liked that, like the overall conviction that you could tell he was feeling. Yeah, and uh, you know, maybe maybe you disagree with him and don't think that the church is where they're going to find whatever they're looking for or whatever. But uh, I did, uh, I appreciated that you could tell he really, really cared. Yeah, it's from an honest place, right? Yeah. There were some theological things in there that I would, I need to go back and listen to again. Yeah, it's a lot in 10 minutes. Yeah, uh, and look up, and I'm not the smartest person in the world, so some of those (laughs) big words, I'm not really for sure what he was trying to say. I got the gist of it, Uh Uh, but there were some pretty big words. But there were some... uh, a couple of things he said that didn't hit my spirit right, and I'll have to go back and listen to it again to see mm-hmm. what he was saying. But uh, but I don't want to comment on him right now yeah. just because I want to make sure that I'm right. Yeah. Um, but again, it's like you could tell he's coming from an honest place. He's yeah. trying to... Like, and it, you know, and it's always cool to hear somebody that is not like off, deep off into it coming from an honest place. Yeah. Because they're able to look at certain things uh, differently, mm-hmm. n- not with a bias. Right. You know, um, and I'm not saying that looking at it from a Christ bias is a bad thing, but a lot of times that we do get too deep in something and you, you know, get caught up in it. I you call can it miss overly some saved sometimes yeah. and, we, and, and we lose perspective. Mm-hmm. And um, so it's good to hear stuff like that. And it's good to hear other people say certain things that sometimes are not even positive towards what you believe. Yeah. That way you can kind of like recalibrate. Yeah, like I said, man, if I'm doing something wrong yeah. and you tell me and you're right, like I'm happy about it. Yeah, for know? sure, for sure. 
And then I always wish my mentors would do more of that. Mm -hmm. And I know mentors, they don't want to like pound on you and be like, come on, come on, come on. But I just, I'm, I'm different. You know, I don't need you to tell me that I'm doing good all the time. That's not me. But I do, I, I want the, that criticism that make me better. Yeah, I need the opposite. But I don't think you're that different, though. I think most people are some level of that. Obviously, some people are more sensitive than others. But, like, people want to be told, like, people don't want to be told that everything's okay when they're feeling horrible. Yeah. Because, I mean, what is that? Like, this is all good. Everything's cool. It's like, no, they want to be told that, like, we're doing stuff wrong. I could be doing better this way, that, that way. You know, there's some kind of hope. There's some kind of... yeah you know, light at the end of the tunnel, like, because what they're doing isn't working. They don't want to be told that, like, yeah, keep doing it. You're doing good. It's like, they want to be told, like, hey, you're doing it wrong. Yeah. This is how you should do it. Yeah. Center, Center struggles with that a little bit with me because I've always asked her, I need you to be the one. Like, yeah. you to be the one that tell me if it was good or bad. But at the same time, she wants our home to be that place where I feel like I can come and be loved and all those things, and it's it's a really a, a tough balance. Yeah, for, there's for, a balance for, for that sure. for that situation, especially when you see a lot of ministers failing and different things mm -hmm. like that. She doesn't want me to be able to come home and then just oh, like Sunday, you know, she she was honest with me about a couple things that I said in my message that, and I went back and listened. It was one of those things where she said it was borderline disrespectful. Okay, okay? and but this is the problem. So when I preach, and, and if, if you're a part of our church, just listen to me when the preacher's up there preaching, and we say certain things, that doesn't represent our wives, our kids. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it doesn't even represent the church. Mm -hmm. That's just thoughts from us. And um, she gets the eyeballs, mm -hmm. you know, and it's not yeah. fair to her. Yeah. Um, it's not fair for people to kind of turn around and be like, oh, you know, he said that, you know. And so she's already feeling this place of, especially for me, because I'm such a, I'm, I'm a, you know, a, a wild shooter. You know, I get <laughs> up there. The yeah, yeah, I get up there and, and I say some crazy things sometimes. And uh, so she's already nervous and already, you know, kind of on the edge. And then when people start looking at her, she's now when I say something, it's even like this bigger of, of a deal. But I, w I went you know, I went back and, and listened to some of the things that she was saying, and it, it wasn't that I was being disrespectful, but some things that I, it didn't make a difference that I said them. It didn't have to be there. Yeah. You know, I, I referenced uh, Christians um, living in abundance, mm -hmm. you know, and and I don't think I said it in the first service, but in the second service I said uh, something like, you know, when we was going through COVID, we was living in abundance in, in America. And when we was going through COVID, you know, I, every time I sat down to use the restroom, I had to go to Amazon to look for toilet paper. Uh -huh, yeah. You know, it didn't have to be said. You know, we're, we're now in America, we're not living in abundance, blah, blah, blah. But I, you know, I talked about sitting on the toilet, you know, <laughs> which, you know. She didn't like that? It didn't make a difference. You know, yeah, she didn't like that. She just thought it was a little bit too far, you know. I, I made my point, but then I went one yeah, step yeah. too far. Um, anyway, I don't even know why we're talking about that. Yeah, there's but, worse things you could have said. Yeah, you know, funny. but it's just like one of those things like, um, I don't even know where I was going. Yeah. But just like, hey, don't look at my wife when I'm preaching. <laughs> that's where you're, that's it. That's, yeah, that's where I'm going. I don't, I don't think that's where I was going, but come that's on. That's where we ended up. We're yeah, here. Give, give Stop her. giving her them looks, people. <laughs> 
And some of them are our friends, you know, uh-huh. like, oh, here goes Pastor David again. You Talking know? about being on the toilet. <laughs> Always. Uh, but anyways, I don't, I don't, oh, being being my biggest critic, but mm. trying to love me at the same time. Yeah, that's kind of that's where we were going. Um, but we have to have those critics in our life. I have to for her to tell me, hey man, that because this is the problem. Everybody will tell you, oh, that was a great message. Mm-hmm. You know, oh, you did good today. Yeah. And then you get in the car, and she was just like, but that was the worst thing you've ever done. <laughs> <laughs> I've never heard a worse message in my life. I, I, she's never told me that. But I, you have to have those people in your life that are are real to you, you know. So, um, yeah, very interesting. So I, now I'm intrigued, and I'll probably go back and watch that a couple more. He times. also put out uh, like a week or so ago a uh, message to Muslims. He's put out like a few of these message things yeah. on YouTube. I heard you him not out. too long ago talking about the. Uh, the Christian or the Bible museum. And he was talking about that and how it really changed the way that he seen, uh, his belief in, in God and Jesus. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think it's, I'll be interesting to see where he lands in the next 10 years. Yeah, for real. You know, he's a, cause he's one of those like thinker people who's, you know, going to study all these different religions, which is a good thing. It's valuable, for yeah. sure, to know. If you're going to talk bad about Islam, like, you should know what you're talking about. Yeah. And he, I feel like he definitely does. Yeah. Um, and uh, I think, you know, he's his daughter is pretty big on the Internet, too. Um, I think her name's Michaela Peterson, if I'm not mistaken. And they're all uh, meat eaters. Yeah, well, they well she has some kind of autoimmune disorder, right. and he I don't know if he's ever been diagnosed, but anytime I've heard him talk about it, he he just says like he tried it out because his daughter tried it out, and like a bunch of her uh, symptoms that she was always having uh, were going away, and so he tried it out, and that seems to be working for him. Meat. And that was kind of where he left. It was like, look, it seems to be working for me. I'm yeah. just that's it. He said meat, salt, and water. Yeah, and then he he drinks like like tap water. Mm-hmm. Spritzer, yeah, I don't know. Uh, you know all these different. And, and the, the guy that was talking to him was just like, you know, that's just water, right? He goes, <laughs> he goes, but when you drink just water, yeah, it's those are four different, different things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah, I think his whole family's got a bunch of different autoimmune yeah. issues. So and it's interesting, man. Those different diets out there, like the stuff like that, is just like uh, um, interesting how they all do something a little bit different. And Oh, I brought her up because um, I saw something a while back where she was talking with somebody and she was like, yeah, I think I found God over the weekend. Yeah, and, uh, I think I heard that too. she was talking about that, how she had this big experience. Soon. Anyway, so I know that they've like talked about all that stuff, So, but I don't, he won't, he won't come out and say he's a Christian. He has trouble saying, I believe in God, if you ever watch anything where he's talking about it, but then like he'll live his life by all these biblical teachings that he'll yeah. teach on, and uh, so it is interesting. Well, you even hear like people like Joe Rogan that's really came out and, and almost mocked the the Christian faith. Yeah, and I think it's funny that I don't I don't know if it has anything to do with him moving to Texas, um, but he's been a little bit more. Mm-hmm. You know, he's backing down a little bit on some of those things, and now that he you know he's saying, well, you know. 
you know, the, the Bible is probably a, a good place to you know, live your life from and different things like yeah, that. Yeah, well, I mean, if you, ever, if you ever hear him talking about Christianity, he almost always brings up uh, Chris Pratt, yeah. the actor, because apparently they're buddies yeah, they're or buddies, whatever. Yeah. And he's always like, he's such a good example. Right. And he'll just talk about how great Chris Pratt is. Right. And uh, there's a lesson for you people. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's interesting. Yeah, go check it out, man. Uh, listen, we, we bring some of these things up. Uh, you know, and we want you to go out and look at these from a critical point. Uh, we're not bringing you some secular things for you to go out there and say, "Hey, Justin Peterson is the Jordan." You know, J- you know Jordan Peterson. Thank you. Is the you know the right answer, and he's you know theologically correct and all those things. I just want to put it out there when mm-hmm. we when we you know kind of focus on something like this, and, and you go up, but you have to make sure that it aligns with the word and all those things, but. It's good questions and, and, and good conversation uh, for for you and your, your people to, to talk about because iron sharpens iron, yeah. and that's what kind of this podcast is about. So just us having conversation and uh, letting this uh, iron sharpen iron. Uh, we're headed to the men's events this weekend. So, oh, yeah? Yeah, so we're going to have a good time out when there. Y'all, when y'all leaving, coming back? We're coming back, uh, leaving Friday, coming back Sunday. So we'll be here for the service on Sunday. Oh, y'all come back early then. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. I think I'm coming back Saturday night. We'll co- You're cutting it short? Bit. Yeah. Because you just get up in the morning and leave and go to church. It's funny, when you do stuff like that as a, an adult, like those are always options for you. But as yeah. a kid, you know, they ship you off and you're just, you're stuck. I'm just gone for a week. Well, you know, <laughs> at, well, you know when uh, at, at youth camp, uh, when you're, especially when uh, you're a youth and then you graduate to youth leader, mm. you know, one of the big things is like you get to sneak off in the mornings in the church van and go down yeah. to the, you know, McDonald's uh-huh. and get a cup of coffee and, yeah. and a real breakfast, mm-hmm. you know, instead of the camp food, mm-hmm. you know. So that was the big thing. It was like, all right, all the leaders sneak off before everybody gets going and yep. we'll get back. And yeah, so. And then when you go to Cheaters. adult camp, you do whatever you want to. Yeah, everybody just, <laughs> <laughs> just figure it out, guys. Yeah, You're that's adult. it. All right, guys. Well, we'll talk to you next week. And we love you. This is The Refuge Project.